Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. It's me, your host, Dave Wigman. My guest today, from Vivanu, it's co-founder Simon Weber. And this was a really great conversation. It was a really uh, pleasure to get a chance to, to meet Simon and to have a chance to talk to him. Uh, before I tell you about my conversation with Simon, let me remind you to check out my friends at Booking Protect. Uh, Haley and John will be at the Ticketing Professionals Conference in November in Parramatta, Australia. That's just outside of Sydney. Uh, Joe and Angela put together an incredible conference. Uh, they have some really great speakers there this year. Uh, Joe and Haley will be floating around, checking everybody out. So if you are there, send me a note and I can pass it along to Haley and Joe to let them know to look for you. Uh, but check them out, bookingprotect.com. I have the Talking Tickets newsletter. comes out every Friday, uh, talkingtickets.substack.com. It's great. There is actionable stuff. I've been running my net promoter score survey to learn what you need, what you want more of. Uh, I'm going to add pictures now. I've been doing all kinds of things to improve the newsletter. So check that out, talkingtickets.substack.com. And in the show notes, uh, take about 30 seconds or 45 seconds and fill out the net promoter score survey so back to simon simon weber is the co-founder of v venue and i got the name right uh the very first time which i was pretty impressed by because i'm awful sometimes with these names uh, but we talked about a lot of stuff today uh he, simon told a really great story about how he explains uh branding to his partners and potential partners we talked about the importance of brand. We talked about the amount of research that Simon and the Vivanu team did before they even started to begin uh, thinking about the product. We talked about um, you know, how to build the brand, uh, technology. We talked about the industry. We talked about research. We talked about proper uses of data, design, uh, creating a website, how Simon got started in tickets and like how they, um, he would call it, stumbled into it. Uh, we talked about the curiosity that continues to drive the development of new features for the Viva New platform. Uh, this is a really good conversation. Um, and without anything else from me, check out my conversation with Simon Weber on the Business of Fun podcast. All right. I want to welcome Simon Weber from Viva New to the Business of Fun podcast. Simon, I said that right, yeah? You said that absolutely right, Dave. So it's Vivenu. That's the perfect way to pronounce it. And yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be on. No, this is going to be awesome. And I like totally start out winning by getting the pronunciation correct. <laughs> absolutely, I, absolutely. I live in fear of butchering names. <laughs> uh, no worries. You did a great job, and it's an international brand, so hopefully everybody can pronounce the name it's just crazy. like they need to. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let me start out. By asking you, I, I know Vivenu has come to the U.S. Right, mm -hmm. that's number one, and then yes, you sir. have this idea of limitless ticketing. Mm -hmm. uh, let's start with limit, limitless ticketing, uh, yeah. and tell me a little bit about Vivenu because I'm betting a lot of people don't necessarily know what you guys are up to, and I, I kind of dig what, like the way you just <laughs> explained it to me. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you don't know us yet, that might be uh, on purpose, uh, but I'm happy to get into that a little bit later on. So. Um, well, first, what do we do? So we are a primary ticketing solution, so a full-service primary ticketing solution at that. So going head-to-head -head with the ticket master, the seat geeks, the audience views of this world, right? So an exact replacement to what they offer from a service side, but forging a whole new category of ticketing. So you mentioned limitless ticketing. That also goes into customer-centric ticketing. That's a new category that we're trying to establish, right? And maybe before we dive into what we do over here and what makes us so different from the rest, uh, is maybe interesting to dive into how we got started. And we basically well, actually, started... Before we even go that far, yeah. Simon, let me, let me jump in here. Mm -hmm. Let's define customer-centric ticket. Sure. Because yeah. if you're trying to create a new category, mm -hmm. let's start out with a definition because a lot of times these things, they fall apart because we mm -hmm. haven't defined things. So I always try to make sure everybody has a definition. So yeah. that when we're running through the conversation, everybody knows what we're talking about. What we're talking about. No, customer-centric ticketing for us is really making sure it's all about the event organizer first and foremost, right? We wanna make sure that they fully own their customer experience end-to-end. -end, and that starts from tiny things like having a custom domain, right? Having the website, the ticket shop run on their domain 
up to even the ticket design that can look and feel exactly like they want to. So that's for us is customer centricity, a part of customer centricity. It's also about them owning 100% of the data instead of renting them out from a third party, right? You really own all of your customer data with us and you can leverage them for future references and future marketing purposes and whatever you want to do with them to intensify and individualize communication. And it also is about making sure that you have the right tools in place that are crucial for your future success and today's success even, right? So instead of the ticketing provider dictating your digital landscape around CRM and whatever it might be, if you're grown in sophistication and need additional tools or want additional tools, it basically allows you to have the exact tool that you need at all times. Well, that, that sounds right to me. Now, let me ask you, though, because that, that definition you gave is yes. very much focused on the event producer. The mm -hmm. side. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. So how do you translate that to the actual ticket buyer? Because, mm -hmm. again, if they... if because we were talking before, right? And, mm -hmm. You know, I'm not giving away too much. But we <laughs> talked about like how challenging it was for people to buy tickets. You know, yes. How does that like, you know, how does that present itself in a way that um, is best for the the person who's buying the ticket? Because yeah. if they're having a hard time buying, um, mm. you know, they, they they might buy one ticket as opposed to maybe you know go to two events a year, just because yeah. it's a pain in the butt. That's true. No, I 100% agree. We believe the focus on the ticket seller, so the event organizer, automatically translates into a better experience also for the ticket buyer, right? So every event organizer has the goal of making it the best possible ticketing experience end-to-end, -end, making it as easy as possible for ticket buyers to get to their ticket. And uh, that's what we take pride in. So we, on average, increase, for example, conversion rates by 32%. And how do we do that? Really keeping them on the website of the event organizer instead of redirecting them to 10 different websites that they never heard about. And just saving tons of time and making really everything optimized for the event organizer. They want to sell tickets. So when we focus on their needs, that automatically leads to a better event ticketing buyer experience. Okay, and, and I get that, right? It's like um, by making it easier for the people selling, you make it easier for the people buying. Exactly. And yeah, transparency and and helps for everybody. Yeah, exactly. All right, so you were saying then about how you started. And mm -hmm. I think it's a, a fairly interesting story because mm -hmm. you started out by having access and kind of getting a, a chance to understand the business of tickets without actually having been in the business of tickets. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah, indeed, absolutely. So kind of stumbled upon uh, the world of ticketing like most people do just from a, a ticket buyer uh, perspective, right? So I think no matter who you talk to, almost everybody on this planet has bought a ticket before in some shape or form, right? And we, what we saw was just a horrible ticket buying experience. It was really difficult to even buy a ticket and get to the checkout. Where do I click next, right? And we grew up with a smartphone in our hands, so we should know how to buy anything online. But that wasn't the case in ticketing. And we thought to ourselves, if it's this bad for the ticket buyer, it has to be even worse for the people administrating all of those events. And then we had the chance of kind of sneaking behind the curtain of some of the larger events out there and seeing just systems that were so archaic and still looked like the first computer program ever built. And to our surprise, those systems are still up and running today, right? And just people wasting so much time with unnecessary clicks. And we thought to ourselves, there has to be a better solution by now. Let's dive deeper into this market. Went on a long customer discovery phase and spoke to thousands of different organizations and asking them about their ticketing experience with their current provider. And no matter who you spoke to, no matter what vertical or niche, right, from the party organizer up to a huge sports uh, organization and team down to museums, leisure parks, or whatever you may want to mention here. They all had one thing in common. They were unhappy with what they had currently. And yeah. that's the, the common threat that we wanted to solve, basically, with the possibility of delivering a system that is really, yeah, up, what the, up their alley, what they need, basically, the customer centricity that I mentioned in the beginning. Right. So really yeah. talking to the market, getting immediately the feedback of the market, verifying, hey, is this actually a problem for everybody or is this like a unique case? If it is a problem for everybody, we solve that through modern technology. 
and basically added it to our platform. That's what we kept on doing and now have a fully fledged and fully featured platform that is selling millions of tickets around the globe. Yeah. Uh, what I, you, you kind of walked into a, a wheelhouse here. <laughs> and in and, and, and a good way, though, because you talked about like, if, it, if the experience sucks for the customer, mm-hmm. it, it must suck for the people selling the ticket. Yep. Which I'm curious how you made that leap because like a lot of times I, I'm sure that most people, um, or at least maybe this is the American enemy, <laughs> wouldn't jump to the fact that it must be, it must suck for the, um, people selling the ticket. They would just mm-hmm. be like, well, if it's difficult and complex and like needlessly problematic, it must be because they're trying to weasel money out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my, my first inclination. But so, you know, what led you there? Because it's not necessarily like to me the natural mm-hmm. place to start looking. And then the yeah. second part of the question is like once you realize like, hey, I'm going to jump there, you know, what made you do that much research? Because I tell people all the time, like, do your research. You talk to thousands of people. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I would try to tell people like, look, just talk to a dozen people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> If, if I'm, I'm making a guess here and you can tell me if I'm wrong, after about a dozen to two dozen people, you had picked up on some patterns that were mm-hmm. pretty clear that really like the next hundred people you talked to were just confirming. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a two part question. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think to summarize the first part of the question in one word, it's probably curiosity. Right. So um, I think okay. we are nat- naturally curious. Um, everybody in this company is. And I think that also allows us not only to have started this company, but to continuously grow and improve and build better solutions. So when we see something out in the market, you mentioned uh, some people may have stopped there and said, hmm, this is probably a way they're going to make more money. But that would actually be a very counterintuitive bet, right? Because assumingly, the person putting on the event wants you to go through the checkout as quickly as possible and increasing conversion rates. So we just felt there was something completely off about this experience. And also, if you compare the ticketing experience to other, let's say, software components that are out in this world, like any e-commerce platform or CRM, so much has changed. Just in ticketing, nothing has changed. And that's kind of where we were, hmm, there is something wrong. Let's see if we can verify our hypothesis by going to the market and actually asking them, right? And you find very quickly, hey, companies like Ticketmaster and Europe Eventum, those guys exist, right? They're kind of like the the giant dinosaurs of this market. Then you have companies that are more like self-service. Let's take an Eventbrite, for example. And then you have kind of those localized niche players that only do, for example, festivals in a certain geography, right? Or those guys focus on museums in another geo. And we thought hmm, there has to be a tech way to combine all of the above in coming up with one centralized platform that adjusts to your business needs and gives you the comfort to grow whenever you need it. Right. So that curiosity got us got us started and what keeps us going. Well, that's like the way that um, I was going to say most of the trouble I get myself into. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Exactly. how did you conduct the research? Because again, you did a whole lot of research that most people don't do. And obviously it led you to make some really wise decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, when we started the company, it was really just, uh, uh, three people, um, three laptops and three smartphones. So we picked up the phone and really talked to people, right? I think really talking to people directly and having conversations like the one we are currently having, Dave, uh, goes a long way. Because you get so much feedback immediately from the people that are using a ticketing system on a day-to-day basis and making sure that you listen closely because at the end of the day, you are trying to provide a solution for them and not trying to uh, solve a problem that you made up for yourself, right? And that's also quite a difference in regards to our background versus a lot of other ticketing companies' backgrounds that basically put on events first and then build a solution for themselves and think, hey, I also have three buddies that also put on concerts or whatever, and then try to sell it to them, but then run into scalability problems because the software was only made for them, but other people may have different use cases. So it was really all more or less face-to-face conversations or phone calls, and that's how we get uh, into the space. Yeah, and because you're, so 
I try to pretend like I don't do any research here. <laughs> thing. And I try to pretend like I don't know, like I'm a completely novice and don't know anything about technology, uh, which are both not true. Because your background, though, is not in this. It's in, uh, before you started Divanu, you uh, were at AXA. Is that correct? Um, and you were in sales. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I basically started uh, finance and accounting and uh, business economics. And yeah, we had always a curiosity for business overall, and especially software, and being able to combine uh, the love for events with also the love for business was a great segue into starting this company, right? So I think and once you're in this space, uh, I think everybody just loves being in it. And it's such a passionate, out. exactly. It's, like it's such a passionate California. bunch of people, right? So, <laughs> uh, and I couldn't, I can't, I can't imagine, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, you can come, but you can never leave. So, um, and it's interesting people, it just makes you want to stay within this industry and makes you want to solve problems and really develop this new take on ticketing and really putting an end to the madness that we found early on uh, with, uh, yeah, with just new technology and better service and a better product. That's what we take pride in and that's what we want to bring to the market. Yeah. So let me ask you, why did you get, why have you decided to make an entrance uh, into the U.S. market right now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, by popular demand is probably the best answer. So um, by then, we were a couple of years into the company. We were by then already selling millions of tickets, uh, mostly in Europe. And I mean, we bootstrapped the company for two years and then started raising outside funds, right? So, so far, we have raised over $65 million from leading investors and industry leaders, such as the San Francisco 49ers, which are immediately and directly invested in Vivenue. And that obviously, or luckily, made a big splash in the event industry globally. So uh, once we announced uh, that investment round, we had people from all over the globe reaching out to us um, after we've had uh, several news articles being featured in Forbes, being featured in TechCrunch. We just had people knocking on our door demanding, hey, can we check out this solution? I want to check this out. Um, and well, we got the product in front of them. and. People were very excited about the technology, so that's also a key differentiator, and it's kind of makes me even sad to say this here, but we are all about the product, right? All about the product, all about the service. While a lot of ticketing companies, the last thing that they want to do is show you the actual product, right? The actual solution to your day-to-day -day problems and the problems of your ticket buyers. We are definitely leading with the technology and always putting that first in every meeting, customer-facing meeting that we do, we show the technology, we show the product, we show you how we actually solve that use case. And it's sad to see that that's not the industry standard. Um, but that's basically, when we got the product in front of people, the feedback was overwhelmingly positive. So we said, hey, if it's this well-received, let's bring it to more people, right? And that's why we started opening up an office in the States and really making this our focus uh, of in the go-to-market. Let me challenge this thing, um, and it sure. probably comes because of my training as a marketer. <laughs> yes. You say that we're all about the product, and, and mm -hmm. so to me that means you're product-oriented, which is mm -hmm. like if you build it and I teach you about it, then you'll come. But mm -hmm. that, I don't actually – I think you're underselling yourself when you say that because you 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 started out by creating a hypothesis and talking mm -hmm. to people. Yep. To me, that means you're customer-oriented, which goes back to the idea that you're trying to create yeah. in the, uh, um, you know, through your branding and with your partners is that, like, it's all about being customer-centric. Yeah. Um, am yeah. I wrong or, or uh, am I yeah. missing something? No. I, I, I feel like you're <laughs> underselling yourself when you say that. I feel no. like you've done an incredible job of being customer-focused. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And uh, no, you're not right. You're not right and you're not wrong. So uh, I would say <laughs> we, are, we are completely customer centric. <laughs> you're, you are absolutely right on us being completely customer centric, right? So yeah. all we did was talk to people and ask them what they needed, right? And that's how we built the solution. But our product is at the center and at the heart of obviously the company, but also of being customer centric because our product is nothing else but an immediately and direct translation of the feedback that we're getting. So yeah. our, our product is basically the customer centricity, obviously the add-on services and being able to always 24-7 availability of customer service, being able to reach uh, customer service through 
old school technology like email and the phone, but also new technology like a chat box where you get a, an answer in less than 10 minutes from an actual real life person within the Vivenue office up to your ticket buyer support when they have questions, right? So the customer centricity is translated into the product. So it's basically a synonym, you could almost say product, our Vivenue product is customer centricity, right? So I hope that that makes sense. No, it totally... I totally get it. I get it to begin with. It's um, I just it, it's a it's a distinction too, and mm-hmm. I think it's important because mm-hmm. a lot of times people just go like, "Well, everybody should understand yeah. what I'm doing or what I'm selling or what I'm offering up." And I go, "No, no, no. It's not my job. It's not my job. Your job to understand me. It's my job to understand you." Mm-hmm. And you know, from everything you've told me, that's mm-hmm. like you work incredibly hard to make sure that you understand the people you want to serve. And to me, yeah. that's like really refreshing because yeah. it's not, doesn't happen nearly enough, yeah. which I think was your point before. Yeah. Um, and which, which leads me to my next point, because sure. we were talking about um, the talking tickets newsletter, um, mm-hmm. famous talking tickets newsletter. Yes. Soft yep. plug for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, I did branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week was pricing because we're talking on Friday, mm. the 14th of October. So the 7th of October was all about brands. Mm. Uh, today was all about pricing. So mm. make sure you get that if you haven't already. But you were talking the Viva New platform to be able to give the part you have control of their brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you talk to you know, why that's been so, why that is such a strong opinion that you have and such mm-hmm. a, a decision you've made to help people because mm-hmm. you don't have to convince me how important it is to control your brand <laughs> but a lot of times i think people miss like mm-hmm. how important it is to control your brand yeah and i we are 100 percent aligned on this one dave i think you mentioned in the newsletter talking tickets that Creating a brand is so crucial and so important for your success today, but also going forward, right? It's basically your uh, insurance to be future-proof, right? And keep being successful. And that's the way we view it. So that's why we decided to kind of be the tech provider in the background of event organizations, right? We don't take pride that 100 people on the streets know our brand name. So initially I said, if you don't know us yet, that might be on purpose, right? So doubling down on that effort, we want to make sure that we provide you all the tools and all the support, both from a product perspective, but also, again, from a full service perspective, end-to-end customer service, um, that it's all about you, right? So one of the things and one of the... Uh, the sayings we have is let's take any sports team, right? Any sports team, you go to their game. What do you see people wearing? You see people wearing a jersey of their favorite team, but no matter where you look, you're never going to see somebody wearing a Ticketmaster jersey or an AEG jersey or uh, AXS, right? So that combination or whatever it might be, a Tixer, a SeatGeek, <laughs> right? You don't see that. So people are fans of the event organizer, of the team, whatever they might be putting on of a show or even a museum or whatever it might be. They're going there because of you. If you're the event organizer, they are your fans, right? And we truly believe that. Um, and we want to make sure that is translated throughout the whole experience. So when we talk branding, we want to make sure you as the event organizer have the capability of using beautiful templates that you can utilize to build gorgeous looking shops in a matter of minutes without having to be technical whatsoever. Creating a shop on Vivenue is as easy as uploading an image onto your social media, right? So very easy, straightforward, but you can replace all Vivenue logos with your own logo. You can exchange the domain of uh, the ticket shop with your own domain. Right. You can customize each ticket, not only on an event to event basis, but even on a ticket type level. So an adult ticket might look different than a children's ticket. And we don't care if there's a venue logo anywhere in that whole process. Right. You can even exchange the email domain that people are getting their tickets from uh, into your own domain. Right. So instead of you attending, let's say, a sports event, or a concert and then hearing back from the ticketing provider hey hope you like the concert how do you like the one right next door it's obviously less than ideal if you're the one putting on the event that people bought tickets to right that's 
basically you're outsourcing your most important asset currently. We want to make sure we give you the tech and the service to, for the first time, own one of the most important assets your organization has, fully branded, yep. fully own the customer, and utilize that in order to reach out to them again to strengthen your brand, to even strengthen the brand of your partner, of your sponsors, of your donors, instead of putting the brand of the ticketing provider first, right? Um, yes. in, my, in my mind, it's so incredibly outrageous, and I'm almost lost for words uh, putting this sentence together. If you ask anybody in marketing, right, you're obviously an expert in that field. If you ask anybody who is a CMO of a large event company, you ask them, what would you be willing to pay to know everything about your customers, um, how they're interacting with you, um, how much money they're spending, where they're coming from, when they're buying tickets, all the details, how how would you how much money would you be willing to spend to target communication, optimize the whole process? And depending on the size of the company, they will probably tell you they are willing to spend millions on that, right? Yet in reality, they are paying a ticketing company 10% or more of their total revenue to basically steal all the data away from them and leverage that for their own brand. So yeah, I'm I'm quite mind baffled by it. And the more I think about it, the more ridiculous it gets to me, right? And as you can probably hear in my voice, well, I'm getting quite passionate about that. <laughs> you're getting fired up. I like it. Yeah. I like getting fired up. But so, <laughs> but so it goes. But to me, it goes even further. It's like you're 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 allowing them to take their data, and you're paying yes. them for the privilege of taking your customers' data. Yeah. But also, <laughs> like if you go even a couple steps further, right? You're paying them to take your data. Mm-hmm. You're paying them to have to have the relationship with your customer, mm-hmm. at which point they undermine your brand equity, right? Because yep. you are become a subservient, a sub brand of the ticket company's brand, yep. right? You have your brand undermined because they don't like necessarily your the branding on their emails and their marketing communications is dominant on them, but doesn't necessarily put you in the in the right light to build brand equity, to build the emotional connection, yeah. to do all these things. Yeah. So it's like it, the penalties keep adding up. Mm-hmm. It's not just the 10% the stolen. It's like all that effort you've taken to build your brand over the years also gets undermined. Mm-hmm. Every turn is chip, chip, yep. chip. Yep. Exactly. Chip, and chip Before, until you become a commodity. Yep. 100%. And in the worst case, they are even promoting, cross-promoting uh, your rival right down the street, right? So even if you go to, yes. yeah, any, yeah, it's, it's it's insane. Like even if you go to, let's say, an NFL club's um, website and you click on buy tickets, you're being redirected to a Ticketmaster domain. If you go up in the left corner, you can click on that and you will find all the events that Ticketmaster is putting on, uh, right? But you'll it's it's not yours. It's not your checkout by any means. You can't even put in any sort of additional tools or additional offerings that you are putting on, right? You're so locked into basically what they have to offer you instead of having the tools you need in order to succeed, right? And so customer centricity not only means to us and that brand overall experience doesn't only mean you own that data, you own the design, but you also look the way the checkout works, right? If you want to upsell merchandise uh, within your checkout, be our guest, make that happen, right? Get more eyeballs on that and make sure you're increasing your revenue through that. And those are all things that you can do with tools that basically dictate how you are supposed to do your business, right? Yeah. Right. And so let me so one other thing that we were talking about before we got started, you think it's important too that um, as a business, even who has a take on the industry and they have a point of view. And I noticed that you're doing a survey. Um, mm-hmm. You know me. I'm a what Right now, what the state of the industry? Is. Now, like, how, what are you talking with your your prospects and your clients about? What should people be paying attention to? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, more and more, it's become an, an increasingly competitive field for everybody involved, right? No matter which institution you might be, it's becoming increasingly more uh, competitive, right? As an event organizer, you're now competing against all other event organizers, but you're also competing against new media, right? You have people watching Twitch and people watching YouTube videos, people on Netflix. So people have shorter and shorter attention spans. So it's really about capturing your audience in a way that has never been done before, making sure you are top of mind. You're the first thing that they think about in the city that you're in, uh, in the space that you're in, in the niche that you might be in in the market. So uh, really focusing on having the technology that makes you shine, having the flexibility, um, both on a management side of things. So being able to just save time, be more independent and not rely on third parties, because if you own that experience end to end. And if you own the whole value chain of your event creation, that truly empowers you to go with the market, right? And just like we adapt to the needs of our event organizers, you as the event organizer need to adapt to what the fans want, right? What the visitors want, what the ticket buyers want. And I think to be able to do that on a unique case by case basis, we encourage our partners to, for the first time, take control and take action within the whole value chain. Yeah. And this idea of the competitive nature of the market, mm. it's very important. And, and to the point where I've started talking about alternatives, mm. it's not so much competition because if the customer don't doesn't think that way, they think about alternatives. Yep. Uh, you know, how do you help people see, you know, because I, I see it's like simplicity, you know, like the website's built around and the mm -hmm. product's built around simplicity, the customer, everything else. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about competition, how do mm -hmm. you drill down and get people to, to look at all the different alternatives? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and, and part of it is like it's for the people buying the tickets and they're selling mm -hmm. the tickets to customers. But then at the same time, it's like you're also in the process of selling Vivenu to other people. You're like, well, look at the alternatives, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so like I'm looking at it from two different angles. You know, how do you go through that thing? How do you talk mm -hmm. people through? Like, look, these alternatives that are available, mm -hmm. it's bigger and more expansive than you might realize, mm -hmm. and it's more important that you see the market for what it is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100. percent I mean, I think reverse engineering the whole answer is an idea that i encourage people to do more and more often and really ask themselves am i doing the best currently for my business right um so if you're looking even when we started the company a, a couple of years back a lot has changed in the meantime right there has been something called the pandemic in the meantime right so that turned <laughs> uh, everything on its head and accelerated certain processes um even faster, technology is changing on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you're looking at what a ticketing tool is supposed to do, in our opinion, it is enabling you in a day-to-day -day operations to save significant time, right? That's one of the things. Many of our organizations save over 2,000 hours from switching from an outdated technology over to us, right? So that's one of the things. Um, but when it comes down to the customer facing, so the ticket buying facing, um, aspect of the business where you really got to make sure you're separating yourself from the pack. There's one key North star metric, which is customer acquisition costs, right? That's right. what it comes down to. How much are you paying somebody to get one more person into the door? And we're not even talking customer lifetime value, which is also hugely important, but just when it comes down to single person buying a ticket once, right? Then we need to think what's the easiest and most efficient way to get to them. And if you're asking yourself, when was the last time of going to an event marketplace, like some other ticketing companies are offering that, when you plan your weekend, uh, Dave, asking you personally, do you ever go to eventbrite.com, right? Do you Ooh. go to ticketmaster.com? To, to plan my weekend? Absolutely not. Never. Right? Never. And no, nobody does that, right? And some people that are... Right. Exactly. Yeah. Some people are still stuck in that illusion um, that this is a viable uh, accelerator for their business, right? While in reality, when you want to yeah. buy Beyonce tickets, you type in Beyonce's name and whoever pops up on Google first, 
um, probably her website is where you buy your tickets, preferably, right? It's all about ranking first on the channels that matter to your audience, and that certainly no ticketing company will ever achieve that. Not Ticketmaster and not Vvenue, right? So um, it comes down to customer acquisition costs. So what we believe in is having all the technology like SEO optimization and other tools, uh, smart tagging mechanisms to get you as the event organizer more traffic than with any other platform. We want to keep people uh, on your website. We want to encourage them to go your way. We want to send you more traffic than you've ever gotten. We want to make sure that the people that land on your website have the easiest checkout ever. So what does con what does revenue break into, right? It's number of clicks on your website, conversion and average shopping cart value. And we have several tools to increase all of those metrics to, at the end of the day, get you more revenue in the door while saving you uh, all that money that you're spending on an illusion uh, of people telling you you're getting more out of this marketplace aspect. Funny thing is also, within our system, you get all those metrics. You know conversions, you know shopping cart averages, um, you know how much revenue you made, obviously. Um, the funny thing about those alternative marketplaces and event listing pages is they tell you it's great for you, but they never give you the numbers. Trust me. <laughs> right? Trust me. Trust me. It's better for yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. So we just want to make this much more transparent. I think um, it's been almost a game plan of other ticketing companies to keep the truth locked behind doors. Um, and locked up, not giving you access into the data because they know their old school ways of trying to get your customers don't work anymore. No, I think that um, if there's one thing that's true, mm. is that if you're still using the playbook from what, what year is this, 2022, yeah. if you're still using 2020, even the start of 2020's mm. playbook, then yeah. you are failing miserably. Yeah, 100%. You, you, you have to yeah you had to keep up to begin with mm. uh, but now you have no choice yeah because i mean buying habits have changed <laughs> yeah. spending habits have changed mm. um, people's power to spend has changed uh, yep. their wants needs and desires have changed. Mm. there's so much that has changed and if you think that like i'm just going to roll things out the way i always have you're mm. definitely in line to fail yeah, 100%. I mean, it's uh, when you look at the facts or when you look at what some industry leaders in our beloved industry have to say, saying leading, I mean, we're talking globally renowned companies and brands. When you hear somebody at an industry conference saying, uh, we don't know 70% of the people that are within our venue, we believe that is a serious issue, right? And not knowing who your fans even are and who your attendees are is a major issue and what we want to basically do is ensure that you know 100% of the people that are in your venue and we already have that technology without creating any additional friction so we really have unique features that we're happy to put on display who for whoever is asking right again leading by product and really providing solutions to that but also providing a solution and anybody who is in marketing will hopefully appreciate this not only from the people within your venue but from anybody who's ever touched your website or your ticket shop we can get you the abandoned uh, card right we can automize emails and text messages to people that have almost bought a ticket and get them uh, back into the sales funnel and making them finish that transaction right and you get all that information and you can really tap into that and i think yeah, that's no, a huge that's, competitive advantage. I was and I was going to say, like, even here, you know, the seventy percent people not only know them <laughs> about maybe a third of, of the people in their venue, mm -hmm. um, and that would be a team that's doing well. That's so a team doing one. well, yeah. Right, and so here's the but here's here's the thing, because you said a hundred percent of people knowing a hundred percent of people, mm -hmm. that that's going to sound like hyperbole to people, right? And I, and mm -hmm. I get it, um, and you know. I probably fall down on the side of the thing. Like you never maybe know a hundred percent of the people, but mm -hmm. you know way more than 30%. Mm -hmm. Let's say if you know a quarter of the people mm -hmm. and you gain 10% more of mm -hmm. those people, how much would that be worth to you? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. and those tools are easy to find, mm -hmm. right? They're easy, easy to find and implement. The, the, mm -hmm. the, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. But more, but the biggest thing too, is that you go back to 
having the ability to market and sale and then refeed people back into the funnel. The mm. data on these things is really impressive because mm. it shows that like most organizations, right? Like, you know, if you um, have your average website, maybe there's only one or two touches that go on. Mm. Yep. And it, it often takes eight to 11 touches mm. to get somebody to buy something. Not a hundred percent of the cases, but the average number of touches is around eight, not eight or nine, somewhere mm. between eight and nine, you know, and like the majority of sales happen between eight and 11 touches, mm. you know? So like if your technology is not helping you fulfill those eight to 11 touches, you know, it's costing you money. Yep. That's as simple as it gets. Yeah. You know, yeah. So anyway, that a better solution like Vivenu, um, it helps, right? These are the questions you should be asking, right? You should know these things. Like, like I only know 20% of my audience. How could you help me find get to 25, mm. right? Uh, I'm losing 50% of my cards because mm. they um, people drop off after one or two touches. How yeah. can you help me get more touches? Mm. You because know, those those things are like whatever it costs you to implement the system, gonna pay for itself pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah. Unless yeah. Exactly. I'm crazy. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. And I think I'm crazy again for other reasons. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, it's crazy that the industry hasn't recognized that yet. And I think uh, that's what people want. That's what people are looking for in new solutions, right? When you speak to anybody. Um, no matter who it is, people are looking for to be more informed. People are looking to be able to customize more. People are looking to take more control. So it's not only saving money in regards to marketing spend where you're just spraying and praying that it does something for you, right? Which is, again, not a way technology has uh, been evolving so fast that people don't even know the capabilities of the technology that they could tap into. So they can make all their dreams come true. They just don't know it yet in, in many cases. But no matter who you talk to, they voice and tell you the same wish list, right? I want to be able to do more on my own. Um, yep. get, they want great customer support. People want to be able to customize it more and have more flexibility. I think flexibility is one of the, the key words. <laughs> Um, and they want to be able to have a solution that they can rely on no matter what happens, right? If yeah. they are selling a thousand tickets today, their goal might be to sell a million tickets uh, somewhere down the line, and they want to have a solution that will support them doing that. And I think even if you look at the overall technology of yeah, companies that sell billions of tickets, they can't even on-sale a huge stadium without a queuing system, right? Right. <laughs> Uh, you go to professional sports in the U.S., you're still landing in the queuing system to buy a ticket. And we can narrow that process down from a two-hour queuing system and telling people, uh, hey, you're online, you're 10,258th person. We can break the whole process down into two minutes and you're sold out, right? And we've proven that in, in actual go-lives. Um, so a future-proof technology that's made to scale. And I think one of the major differences from the US over to Europe and we have clients all over the world by now from Latvia to Mexico to Australia <laughs> uh, to the UK and all over in Europe so uh, we have the pleasure of serving a global audience I think what's also tremendously overlooked or it's just a different angle I think the States is all about customer experience and making sure that buying a ticket is an extraordinary experience and people get to their tickets very fast and efficiently and that's also certainly the case in every other country that you go to. But um, over in Europe, for example, people also pay great attention to day-to-day -day management capabilities, right? Some people have one person in ticketing. Um, some other companies have 50 people in ticketing. Usually this one person, the small company, has to get, wears multiple hats and has, has a lot to get done in a very short period of time, while the others have such a huge workload that they need 50 people. But no matter what organization that you talk to, it's going to significantly increase your business performance if you can just make sure that they are working this much more efficiently, right? Our system is made for the ones that are working with it on a daily basis, the ticketing managers, the box office people out there. It's made for you, right? It's made so you can save time and people maybe weren't even able to dedicate time towards marketing and data and creating a better customer experience because they were stuck trying to change the price or going back and forth with their account management to change their event description, which the industry standard is currently six emails back and forth 
right? Or which takes you probably several hours until they get back to you, until you finally get what you need, or even days. Creating a seed map used to take you six weeks, now it takes you five minutes uh, with our solution. And all the time that you're saving can be used in a more productive way while you can focus on a better customer experience or increasing revenue in whatever other ways. So it's all about saving time and allocating that time in a manner that's going to get your business ahead. That's right. I tell people when they uh, are looking at their technology solutions, you should look for uh, something that allows you to do four things, right? Which is like gives you time, money, and space to build your brand, mm-hmm. to um, grow your customer base, um, to grow your revenue, and to grow your profitability. And if yep. it's not, not helping you do, achieve one or all of those, then you may not have mm-hmm. the best solution. You know, because yeah. those, those, those more than they should have always been at the top of mind. Mm-hmm. More than ever, they are yeah. uh, essential now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's all about education and making people aware of the fact. Hey, ticketing has been done this way. I used to outsource it because maintaining a scalable ticketing platform is difficult and is costing a lot of money. Right? We didn't go out and raise a ton of money for nothing. But we are going to spend all of this money on building the best primary ticketing solution out there. And it's only getting better day by day because people tell us what they want, right? So instead of basically giving that away, they can own it end to end, have all the flexibility, have all the scalability, still benefit from even a better customer support, um, but have all that flexibility and owning it without having to worry about the headache. So it's all about creating that awareness and making people aware of the fact, hey, there is now a real alternative where I have all the bells and whistles and the comfort that I would get with outsourcing it, but I still have all the benefits of owning it myself. Yeah. No, that's, I think, and I think to me, right, if, if I had to sum everything I've heard from you into mm-hmm. uh, a couple bullet points, it would be, mm-hmm. Giving you the capability to grow your, to control the, your customer relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Making it easy for mm-hmm. you to use so that you can be responsive to your customers mm-hmm. and having just greater technological ability, mm-hmm. right? Like you have the most up to date and elegant solution. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, to me, it sounds like, you know, if people are making these decisions, they should be paying attention. They should at least like take a walk through the, yep. the platform to see what it's yep. up to. And we invite everybody to do that. So one thing to just add to that on, on the last note, if you don't mind, Dave, sure. is ahead. if you're getting uh, this advanced technology or you're getting all the benefits that you just mentioned, I want to double down on the fact that to get better technology that serves your purpose and your business and the purpose of your ticket buyers and your overall, again, business operations, you don't need to be technical at all, right? So um, if you just phrase it in the words of comparing us to competitors, you get the feature richness, right? All the, the features and there are a lot of them out there from a ticket master with the ease of use of an event, right? Right? People have that know both platforms know the difference. We put all the the best out of those both worlds together and allowing you to tap into all those benefits and the full service, better new improved technology. You're owning the brand experience end to end. You're owning the customer data without having to be technical at all, right? Any box office person um, who's worked with Ticketmaster for 20 years or any other ticketing company, they will feel comfortable putting on events on the venue in less than 10 minutes. I can promise you that if you book a demo with us and get the product in front of people or they can convince themselves of the product, they will be able to achieve everything that they had to be trained on for years within 10 minutes. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good challenge. So Simon, <laughs> where do people find you on the internet? Oh yeah, so obviously our website, vvenue.com, uh, on LinkedIn, um, you can find us. Um, feel free to reach out uh, to me at any point in time. Uh, I'm uh, quite active on on our social channels, so mostly on LinkedIn. Um, and we have a great team. So uh, we have people all over the globe, all over the states, uh, from New York to Florida to the West Coast. 
Um, so uh, if you are looking for us, you can definitely find us and we will be happy to get in touch with you. Um, no matter who you are, um, no matter what you are, uh, if you're just challenging your current status quo, or just want to get a new take on the industry and want to see the product for yourself, please be our guest. Um, if you are looking for a new challenge in your career, even uh, go check out our website. We are hiring and growing like crazy. So I encourage everybody to check us out, no matter if you are looking to supercharge your ticketing or your career. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, supercharging your tickets or career. Yeah. Simon, man, thank you so much for doing the podcast. And Dave, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'm glad we share some of the similar views uh, on this industry that we love both uh, so much. And yeah, I look forward to catching up quite soon, hopefully. Let me know what you thought about my conversation with Simon by sending me an email at my name, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. You can check out my website, it is DaveWakeman.com. Make sure you check out the Talking Tickets newsletter. You can get that at TalkingTickets.Substack.com. There are five sections uh, that cover the world of tickets. Um, we get into some, some big stories around the industry. We talk about tools. We talk about ID concepts and ideas that you can put to use. We go through a little bit of everything. It's TalkingTickets.Substack.com. Uh, in the show notes, I am running my annual survey. Uh, give it a click takes about 30 seconds to fill it out. Uh, helps me give you more value in the newsletter and in the podcast. So check that out in the show notes or at the Talking Tickets newsletter. As I talked about at the start of the episode, my friends from Booking Protect will be at the Ticketing Professionals Conference in November in Parramatta, Australia, a suburb of Sydney. It is a wonderful conference uh, put together by friends of the pod, Angela Higgins and Joe Michelle. Uh, Joe's also running for the board of Intix, so give her your vote. Uh, she has mine. Also, uh, Aaron Murray, a former guest of the podcast, is also up for election. And uh, another friend of the newsletter and the Slack channel and the podcast, Richard Powers. Uh, those three people I know very well, and I would, uh, not to put my thumb on the scale, but they, they have my support. So check them out. But there's a great, great slate of people who are running for the board of Intix, so give it a look. Um Make sure, though, you check out Haley and John at the Ticketing Professionals Conference. Uh, find out what Booking Protect is up to. There's some really great things that are coming online, uh, some really new fe some new features. Um, really exciting time to check out Booking Protect uh, as they become closer and closer uh, and have new technologies and new offerings because of the acquisition from Cover Genius, who has been a fantastic partner. So check them out, uh, bookingprotect.com. Uh, Joe and Haley will be there. Um, and as always, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast, checking me out, uh, keeping this thing going. Um, if you need to talk to somebody because things are tough, still tough out there, send me a note. Uh, DavidDaveWakeman.com. I'm happy to chat with anybody, crack some dad jokes. You know the deal. Uh, as always, I will talk to you soon. Take it easy.